Welcome to the Be Free RE podcast, where you learn how to make your job optional. I'm your host, John, who's just getting started on his journey. But in the last year, I moved across the country, bought four apartments, make money as a landlord, no longer pay rent, and I have my first child. I'm joined by your co-host and my guide, Tony Angotti, who in five years quit his job and now manages over 80 units through a combination of house hacks, flips, and partnerships. So with that, let's jump into how you can do less of what you have to do and more of what you want to do. Tony, welcome back to another episode. I'd ask you what's going on, but you're just going to say, same old, same old, or something like that. <laughs> no, no, things are going on. I'm learning I'm learning new things. So I found out uh, this past weekend why you don't read to people with chinchillas. Are you familiar with chinchillas? You know, the little squirrel, rabbit, mouse creatures? All I know is rappers like them in their you're coats. That's all I know. Killer rappers ch- like chinchillas? Oh, yeah. C- Cameron? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to edit this in right now. Insert clip of Cameron. <laughs> Chinchilla. So here's the deal, right? Chinchillas, apparently, if they don't have something to chew on, their teeth constantly grow. <laughs> so if they don't chew on something, their teeth will actually grow into their brain and they will die. I'm definitely building, like, some kind of background that weird animal guy that removed pasta. Dude, I'm, you are. I'm getting some strange animal knowledge. All that chinchilla are not an invasive uh, pest, I don't think. At least not yet. Um, so basically, if you leave them unattended in a room, they will chew shit out of the room. Like the baseboard, doors, everything. Because if they don't, they're their brain die. So if somebody comes to you and says, yo, how much for my two chinchillas and I to rent place? Say, sorry, we do not rent two chillas. <laughs> I think that rabbits do the same chewing thing, but they don't, they're not as destructive. Wow. These chinchillas seem like they'll do everything uh man yeah you're stunned I, the audience can't see it but i can see it yeah it's uh you're still you're still looking for cameron and his chinchillas aren't you no i'm not you're what i guess what you? you're distracted <laughs> podcast i'm not i'm, I'm wondering so chinchillas or something uh you picked up two chinchillas one's name is the proletariat and one is the bourgeoisie that's your boy that would be a very bourgeoisie thing to name your chinchillas uh no, I, I was thinking, what does their house look like? Where this? It's like a squirrel. It's just like running around the house everywhere. Uh, no, they stay in cages. Uh, they're nocturnal, and the person actually they have a room for the chinchillas. Uh. Um, because they also have dogs, and the dog don't do well with the chinchillas. The chinchillas prefer, so sad for the chinchillas' sake. But they used to just let them run around when they had an apartment. Right. My friend basically told me like, but now that we have our own house, we don't let them run around because they destroy stuff so he pretty much just said like i was a terrible tenant um (laughs) but whatever i don't care about his unless they unless they're a listener of the show if you're a listener of the show you should call in about how to remediate chinchillas that might be useful and don't forget Um, to buy your cabinet jacks at amazon.com what's our number again 412-212-8366 wow yeah Um, no, but but yeah, so they have a room, the chinchillas are nocturnal, they stay in a cage. When they're in the room, they release the chinchillas through the room. And apparently, they right. also have I'm gonna, a I'm gonna stop mechanism. You. We've spent too much time on okay. this. Finish. <laughs> the defense mechanism, if you grab a chinchilla, it releases its fur to Ugh. get out. So they can actually release their fur on man, squirm out. Ugh. Crazy creature. Definitely not as, well, not as crazy as I'm a possum. <laughs> Dude, you're such an animal guy. Uh, 
whatever. All right, let's get into it because I yeah. I've done enough yeah non-educational material. All right, well today we have Grace who calls in about house hack, specifically renting by the room, and then we have a mailbag question to balance out Grace a little bit. Steven, uh, who is renting by the room in his house hack and has an issue with the tenant. So uh, what a what a wonderful pair we have on deck here. So first we'll jump over to Grace. Here he goes. Hi, my name is Grace. I'm calling from Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, and my questions are about house hacking. So I'm planning to buy a home um, and live in one part while renting out the rest, and I'm interested in the rent-by-room strategy, so I'm wondering if either of you has done that before and how you would compare it with renting out a unit. I'm also wondering about the best way to research relevant housing laws for the different areas in Allegheny County. Um, For example, there's a law in Pittsburgh that prevents more than three unrelated people from renting a single-family home together, and different areas probably have different laws about RVs. But I'm not sure where in Allegheny County these laws do or don't apply and what the best way is to sort through neighborhoods on those kinds of restrictions. Do you have to research laws for each area individually? All right. Okay. I like it. So, yeah, um, to get started on the nuts and bolts question, unfortunately, yes, you need to research them for each area. The easiest way to do this is to just call the office or email the, like, permits zoning occupancy person and they should be able to give you a more informed answer per area that three unrelated persons thing is pretty common though at least in this market so i think that you'll run into that pretty frequently though a call to the local municipality is useful before you decide to do this so house hacking with multiple rooms um i've never personally done this i know people who have john have you ever done this i've been a tenant in such a situation so i haven't been the landlord but i've been the tenant that's true i've actually been the tenant in this situation as well i forgot i didn't think that way yeah well there you go were you friends with the person or i was was it just a random person it was like a mutual friend so not a not like a great buddy, but you know, someone I had gone out with uh, and like hung out with before. So, um, and that, that would, that's what my advice to Grace was going to be is if you do this, uh, I would almost like have your tenants lined up as, uh, like acquaintances or something of that fact, you know, almost like picking any, uh, roommate. I don't, you know, I don't, I'm of the opinion you don't want like your best friend, but, uh, you know, you want people you kind of know and trust because you're in a very unique situation. Uh, and that, you know, this person, uh, in theory has like access to your bedroom. <laughs> so yeah. I, I also think that you really need to consider where this property is, like where this thing, where this single family is going to be, because based on where it is, is going to depend if there's going to be people attracted to renting by the room. Um, if you have friends that are going to do it with you, then that's kind of, you could do it anywhere, I guess, as long as you have that built in network. But if you're going to pick random people, you're going to have to be in an area where that's appealing. So you might want to just do some research on like Craigslist and Zillow or Facebook and places like that to see where all the rent by the room situations are. And then that will tell you where most common is for this. You can also think logically, like obviously areas that are very expensive might have more rent by the room situations, areas that are more student based or more temporary type housing areas will have that stuff like that. Um, that might that's probably who you want to appeal to. The other thing 
is if you're not in one of those areas where this is typical. I mean, for instance, like most people in Pittsburgh, I think, want their own apartment or they just want to rent an apartment with a roommate. They're not really going to be looking for like a single room with people they don't know. And if they are, that's kind of strange for Pittsburgh. So it's going to attract a certain type of person that's a little different. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, uh, I think on the positive side, you might get people that are coming from like out of the country and they're here on a short-term visa. You know, they have like kind of a reason not to have a huge network here, but I agree with Tony in general. It's, you know, you're going to, you're going to deal with more weirdos. I think is like the summary. Um, but the, but, but I also think like, look, if you don't know your market, just to pretend you bought the place already, throw it up on Craigslist and see what kind of inbound you get, right? Like what kind of response That's you get. That's a really good idea. Yeah. Just like post the fake ad pretty much. Yeah, just <laughs> pretend and see how weird it gets. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I guess my other question is like, uh, when I think about the rent by the room strategy, eventually, you know, uh, you're going to move out, I assume, or you're going to ask everyone to move out. So I do think you have to think about the second step of this process, which is like, okay, I'm going to take over the whole house and slowly push people out. Or, um, you know, you're going to leave and then you're going to landlord like no longer living in the place. So I would also just think about like, you know, what kind of tenants do you want when you're not there? And, uh, you know, it'd be great to have someone you can trust, you know, that can kind of like be reliable when you need to get a hold of somebody at the house, you know, uh, that kind of stuff. Yeah. So the other part of that too, you mentioned moving out, which is used when you analyze deal, you should always analyze it as just a single family property for rental by itself or for sale. One or the other, because you're, when you leave your rent by the room strategy is going to be much more difficult to execute. Like, I don't know anybody who just manages essentially boarding houses other than like student rentals. But even in student rental situations, most of the time, the tenants know each other and come as a group. Yeah. I hear I hear about people doing it in uh, some other markets but yeah I think like Tony said you know you, you kind of have to know your neighborhood and you know if you have this like special niche where you're going to cater to uh, you know this particular like military areas for example you know where you can do things like this uh, then sure. then you know what you're doing but in Pittsburgh yeah uh, I, I'm not familiar with an area where I would say, oh, this is a great fit for that. Um, but th- that's not to say you can do it. It's just saying I, I'm not familiar with it. So I would just have some conviction. I'm trying to think how I would increase my conviction about that other than just throwing up the ad and seeing what kind of bites I get. So yeah, that's where I land. I think having the built-in the built-in tenant is... Yeah, that's obviously the preferred option. The best way to do this. Yeah. Like, you know, you want you and your friends, right? Essentially, or not. Yeah, then, you know, you can trust them. You've interacted with them before. And uh, what else would I say? Look at their cars. People's cars are how their bedrooms look, I think. So uh, that's what I got anyway. All right. She also had some questions about RVs. So I think, or maybe I misheard that. Uh, I, I don't know the yeah, details about that. I didn't hear or anything about RVs. Oh, okay. Well, we'll let that go. I think for RV, like laws, you would do the same thing you said about how many people can live in the same, uh, you know, non-familial habitant kind of thing. You're just going to call the the zoning. Okay. All right. So I think we both agree. Uh, we haven't done this as landlords, so we don't really know what we're talking about. Uh, but we've both been on the tenant side and it, I think it was amicable for both of us, right? It was totally, yeah, totally fine. Yeah. My buddy way undercharged me. So that was cool. <laughs> yeah. That helps. <laughs> Worked for me, but yeah. I was never there. So it was like I was traveling for work a lot at the time and I was there like every, maybe two weekends a month. So it was like probably pretty sweet for him. Yeah. Yeah. I was, uh, I can't really remember. It was so long ago. But 
uh, yeah, it was a good situation for me. And I think if, if you don't already have like some friends or some colleagues lined up, I would very seriously consider just kind of posting a like a little what if ad on Craigslist just to see what kind of response you get. Uh, Craigslist, I guess, has <laughs> you're going to get more weirdos than on Zillow. But anyway, <laughs> you get my point. Put it up. See, see what kind of inbound you get. I don't know. Do we have any other advice? Oh, where to find the rules. Um, and I think all the municipalities. Yeah. You just have to call around. Yeah, for everyone who's not in Pittsburgh, we have tons of different little municipalities which essentially have their own uh, housing. Fiefdom. Yeah, fiefdoms is actually a very good term for them. But we're sponsored by the fire department, so we support them all. <laughs> and cabinet jacks. Get your cabinet jacks. Get your cabinet jacks. All right. Well, that was, uh, what can I say? That was, it was. Until we get sponsors, we should start adding fake ads. What do you mean? Like, what do you think we've been like doing? Tiki. Indeed, they're a very great gift for your whole family and <laughs> yeah. renewal gifts for ten. Yeah, this will be this will no. be a small act of kindness. We'll pick random local businesses and we'll just promote them. <laughs> I like that idea. Yeah, so or charities, business charities. We'll give them ads and then we'll tell them that we gave them ad space. And so stop by Hitchhiker's Brewery in Mount Lebanon. I think they're getting a second one on the north side of the city somewhere. And if you don't want to go there, then don't. They won't even miss your business because they're so busy. Pretty much, yeah. <laughs> there you go. All right. Anyway, what's next on our agenda? Uh, all right, our next is from Steven, and he has a question. He's looking for, uh, this is a mailbag. He's looking for a little advice. Um, he has a tenant that lives in his house as he's the landlord. Her lease is set to expire August 6th. She was given 30-day notice. She tore up the head notice and threw it around the house. She has no intention of leaving. So listen listen closely, Grace. She has no intention of leaving. Uh, I understand that evictions are closed at the course right now, but if you need an immediate family member to move in, then the eviction can proceed. Uh, I called the sheriff's office. They confirmed. I just don't know how to get this through at the courthouse. Question is, once the tenant becomes becomes unlawful detainer and the landlord will not be taking any payments once the lease is up, does the tenant still get privileges listed in the now expired lease? For example, access to the kitchen, to the laundry, etc, etc. I'm thinking about doing cash for keys to get the tenant out sooner, but uh, looking for experience and expertise. <laughs> Thank you. Oh boy. They're in, they're in an old-fashioned pick. Oh uh, yeah. Um, uh, yeah, so long story short, as far as I understand in the Landlord-Tenant Act in Pennsylvania, if somebody's a holdover tenant and they don't leave, you still have to evict them. So like, you still have to go through that process. However, with this eviction stay, I think most areas still allow you to evict for disrupt like safety and stuff like that. And in this case, I'm pretty sure you could evict for safety, considering you both live in the same house, which is problematic. So, but yeah, you'll still have to go through eviction on them. Um, and you still have to give them access to everywhere. In addition to that, I don't know how you could not do that. Like if they live in your house, it'd be kind of weird to say, but you can't cross this line into the kitchen. It's like, yeah, okay, that's what, what I was do? thinking. Like logistically, what are you going to start putting doors? like locked doors everywhere and I mean yeah. you know I would expect um, you know you gotta sleep in that house the person's gonna be waiting outside your door with a knife after a while so yeah but I think you should be able to evict them based on just like safety of the situation because I know that a lot of these eviction orders to stop evictions still have provisions to evict people when it comes to safety issues rather than just non-payment um, but yeah long story short if they hold over and they don't leave you still have to go through the eviction process, unfortunately, and they still have tenants' rights until that eviction is 
complete, which is great. So they suggested cash for keys, which is probably the best way out of this. Um, it's I, I imagine them ripping up that notice and just like balleting through the apartment and just like sprinkling it everywhere. <laughs> yeah, that's that seems like the most positive uh, version of what that means. Yeah, I don't, you know, I think uh, like Tony said, you gotta follow. Like I would, I would definitely like unemotionally follow with the legal proceedings, and then yeah, I would pretty seriously consider, you know, I would just pay a lawyer. Yeah, that way you don't screw it up Oof, yeah and yeah i would pretty seriously consider cash for keys and obviously give her a great recommendation to the next landlord don't mention any of this which is also well maybe not great but you know uh i think we get what i'm saying here so let that also be a lesson to all the all the landlords listening that a recommendation from the current landlord may not be an actual positive sign <laughs> sometimes it's a please take this off my hands for me when i get those calls which don't happen that often which is strange like nobody calls the past landlords it's kind of loosey-goosey i guess um but when i get those and it's for somebody that i didn't prefer i usually just say they were a tenant they occupied this property from this state to this state <laughs> i confirm they're no longer a tenant yeah. and then they say is there anything you would like to do expand upon and i say no and you should understand what it means when i say no <laughs> wow you're one of the good guys that's all i can say about that but i won't go into details on anything because oh well yeah i wouldn't know if, if anything comes up get into this weird thing where people can like say my old landlord stopped i don't know i don't even know what the legal issues are i just don't want to get into that yeah well yeah i totally agree with that so uh all right steven i'm sorry this is happening uh short of inventing Did steven say where he was from uh was california okay so he said boo we didn't get to make up anybody <laughs> yeah i, I mean, need somebody that doesn't say where they're from so i can make up where they're from i mean it's it for the next Next episode. The next episode, figure out I'll come up with a good place. Redondo Beach, California. I don't know. Yeah, that's a good place. <laughs> sure. Probably, probably a cool place. Uh, Whatever. I'm, I'm more of so, a Memphis anyway, guy myself, but everyone has anyway, their thing. I'll do I'll do the host job here. What's something you learned this week? <laughs> let's, bring, let's bring this out. Uh, something I learned this week. This is kind of related to house hacking. Uh, we went and visited some of my wife's friends, and you know, we've been doing house hacks where we buy distressed ugly places fix them up like we just got our first dishwasher and they're kind of like living large compared to us and we just realized how much uh you what's what's it called the hedonic treadmill is such a real thing and i guess i'm not learning this but i'm being re-reminded and like you know they just they want all this fancy stuff like they wanted this like reverse osmosis water filter and all this crazy stuff and we we're like man we got a dishwasher like so i think there's just a lot of benefits to like living small and beneath your means both financially in terms of kind of like the be free re principles but also just in terms of like the diminishing happiness that you get when you keep adding things so that was like a very uh it's, it's always great to travel and visit people to learn things you want to copy and things you want to not copy so that's something we were uh you know re-reminded of so to speak well, how about you man chinchillas <laughs> I can't follow that. That's great. Oh, that's like a very uh, you. 
you plug the be free re principles oh yeah it's man. it literally in the name live your truth bro live your truth <laughs> yeah yoga <laughs> your ch- your chakras um okay so something i learned this week which is a lot less impactful is just that when you're solving problems remember to take yourself away from the solutions that you've come up with already and try to separate yourself with this from the situation to maybe come up with something more creative so we're looking at a value add project very typical for us we're separating out the heat on a building in the quote to install these systems was very expensive like it was ninety six thousand dollars to install all these different systems whoa yeah which was at least $35,000 or more than I thought it would be. And my partners, I'm, I'm in charge of operations and they're like, we need to go get more quotes and blah, 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 blah. And we quoted this sort of job out a thousand times, like not a thousand, but multiple other times. I've quoted it out on different building and we, my, that group of partners and I have done it. I've seen what the different vendors cost for the same job. It was going to be a total waste of time to go through the same exercise for a however many times. So basically what I came up with was I said like, hey, so these systems are good down to minus like 30 degrees. What happens if we put in the cheaper one? I don't know how much they are, but what if we just put in the cheaper one? They do heat and they do cooling, but they're only good down to minus 12 degrees. Or they're only good down to 12 degrees positive. So the issue is that in Pittsburgh, it gets below 12 degrees, right? Yeah, but not a and, big multifamily, right? Uh, well, they shut off at 12 degrees exterior temperature. That's oh. how they work. Ooh. So yeah. So basically, the cost on going down to those units and reducing the numbers of like heads that we have providing heat cut us down to $36,000 roughly. So a savings of $60,000. But then I have this issue of like, what do I do with the heat? So then we said, well, what if we add baseboards, like electric baseboards throughout the building? That only added $11,000 total to the cost to add supplemental heat for that. And additionally, we will leave the boilers in place and now that we're hiring a handyman, if the temperature ever goes below 15, we can just send him over and say, hey, go fire up the boiler system for the next week. And yeah, it still costs us a little bit every year in gas, but we've saved roughly $40,000 on the heat project and for minimal tenant impact and also for minimal expense impact. So by not just trying to find the lowest bidder, we looked at a different way to solve the problem. And I think that no matter what your problem is, it's useful to try to look at it from a different perspective. Um, When it comes to real estate investing as the investor, your primary job is just a problem solver in general. So that's that's what you're looking to do, whether it's property or you're trying to solve the the problem for the seller to reach a win-win solution, or if it's trying to improve the operations on your building or deal with the tenant situation, everything that you're doing is problem solving. It's your most useful skill that you have. So that's that's something that I learned or relearned. All these are relearned things usually, but yeah, yeah, yeah. such is life. Yeah, that's a cool one. It's always a, yeah, that's a cool one. It, that's always my, one of my favorite parts is like figuring out how to make it get to yes. You know, it's not like, yeah, it's not like, is it a yes or a no? It's like, how do we get to yes? And then like, well, yep. is that worth it? You know what I mean? So very cool, man. Uh, well, I think that's all we got. Uh, please check us out on Instagram at BeFreeRE. Uh, 412agent.com is Tony. He's at 412agent on all the major social medias. And we got BeFreeRE.com. And Tony, what's the phone number here? 412-212-8366. Sponsored 
by cabinet jacks. K- k- cabinet jacks. Jack your cabinets. All right. See everybody. Yeah. <laughs> oh. Yes, sir. I'm cut from a difficult. My texture is the best for a 